And welcome back to the Book and Life podcast. Today we're going to have a brand new book guest on. Whether they're an author, an editor, a producer, you'll never quite know. So you're in for one hell of a ride. But today I just have to uh, do the adverts and then I'll get us straight into that most important conversation. And as as we do every week, um, I'm going to read The Shadow which is part of the Time Guardian series, and this is book four from Marianne Curley. The battle is over, the war is won. The prophecy complete, but life can't just pick up where it left off for Ethan, struggling to cope with tragic loss. At odds with friends in the guard, he finds himself adrift, jumping in shadows and sensing someone who can't possibly be there. Blaming herself for the goddess Athena's death, Desalswear's revenge to fullify the immortal's plan for world domination, but Giselle hadn't planned on love, and that leaves her with an unbearable choice. Should she follow her heart or the strings of a goddess short on praise but high on expectation? Who continues to pull her from the grave? As the guard and the order battles through the past and into an impossible future, darkness looks round every corner. The fight for the world's survival rests with just one. Is it friend or foe who stands in the shadow? And just a reminder that The Price of Freedom by Rosemary Aiken, sorry, Rosemary Rowan, um, is being donated to the Ukraine cri- refugee crisis. And here's the blurb for her book. It's uh, one of her Roman British crime series, which was written under her maiden name. All editions can be found online where all books are sold, even her agents donating her commission. Sorry, I don't have the blurb for that, but uh, that's that's what she's doing. And now, without further ado, let's get you to the guests. And guys, here is the American author I have absolutely been promising you, and it is more than worthwhile. So please, everyone, uh, click your hands, clap your hands, all for Nancy Cohen. Thank you for having me here, Crystal. I'm thrilled it's, it's to been talk an to honor. everybody. Yeah. Um, even though we've had a bit of a dance to get here, but you know that was that was the important thing we've gotten mm-hmm. here. So today I want you to tell me about sort of the two of your most recent books. Now, as everyone knows, this is out in May, so uh, please feel free to tell us about your most recent uh, pieces of work. Okay, let me get my list of my books so I can remember, since there's a long list here. Um, I can imagine, you are a very (laughs) prolific writer, so I was glad to have a prolific writer on, because we don't get many of them. Ah, thank you. Uh, well, Styled for Murder is the most recent one. And I can put this down a little bit. Uh, yeah. So this one was inspired, as you see the picture, there's the sky and there's a ladder. It was, it was inspired by an actual remodel that we did in our previous house. We had remodeled Ooh. the bathroom. Yeah. And um, the foreman in charge of the project was very uncommunicative. He would say people would show up and they would not come. Uh, He would say something would be done and it wasn't done. Uh, It was extremely frustrating dealing with him. The job eventually got done and everything looked wonderful, but 
it was uh, highly Long frustrating along the way. And so I decided I'm going to kill him off in my book. And uh, that's what I did. The Marla's mother, Marla is my hairstylist sleuth who solves crimes. And um, she gets a call from her mother that there's a dead body in the mother's shower. And the mother is doing her, uh-huh. redoing her bathroom. So that's where the story starts, based on personal experience, uh, except for the murder part. But uh, Yeah. Well, that's yeah. good, though, because you're, you're drawing on sort of personal feelings, and, and that makes it more realistic for the, for the reader, because they can almost tell that you're emotionally connected to the story and, and, and what it's portraying. Yes, yes. So it was fun to write that. And of course, everybody involved with the renovation company were the suspects. And, um... I like that. It, it, it's different to what you normally see in sort of murders, where people are kind of more nervous about writing things like that, just because it's it could be too close to home if something happened to them, you know, because you could end up a suspect well, yourself. Right. Um, so I like that. That That is, that's pretty awesome. The so, other book, uh, it's it's not the most recent one, which I can still talk about too. Before, yeah, of course. Style ahead, to Murder, but this is, this is my Thanksgiving mystery. And here in the uh, U.S. we celebrate Thanksgiving uh, yep. coming up this week. This one is Dead Roots. And it's based on my family roots, actually. I took my whole family tree for this story, and I changed it to Marla's family tree. Uh, Mm -hmm. And she goes to an extended family reunion at a haunted resort over Thanksgiving weekend, where she hopes to introduce her fiancé to her family. And there's hidden treasure, there's secret passages, there's ghosts, and uh, Marla learns some shady things about her own ancestors. So that book was a lot of fun to write. Uh, I had to study the different haunted resorts in Florida so I could make up my own hotel with spooky uh, happenings. And I have stayed in a couple, so that figured into the story. I can imagine, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so that what, one What a lot of fun. listeners don't realize is <clears throat> if you're an author and you're traveling, you never actually quite know where you're going to be staying when you go to these conventions. So sometimes you end up in these beautiful places, and then sometimes they pick the most bizarre accommodation where you're kind of thinking to yourself, wait, am I in the middle of a horror film here? Did they double book? What's going on here? So uh, I totally get the the attraction for that one. Yes. Yeah, we had stayed in particular at the Jerome Hotel in Arizona, uh, oh, that used okay. to be a former hospital for copper miners. And they give you the full ghost tour, then let you roam around yourself with the equipment. And people keep a log in the lobby on their experiences, which thankfully didn't happen to me, or I probably would have had a heart attack. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it was I visited creepy. some some spooky places in my time. And uh, I think if you genuinely ignore it, then they don't mm-hmm. bother you. Like it. You know, it's one of those, um, I think a lot of the time people get very wrapped up in their minds when it comes to sort of the ghost world and, and what could the supernatural could be. And I, I think it's great for writers because we always need that inspirational boost. Um, but at the same time, you know, you get a little bit nervous about it and you kind of go, mm, 
should I really be involved in this? Yeah. Well, it's fun to include those elements in a mystery. It is, definitely, yeah. So would you classify your your mysteries as cozy mysteries, or what would what would be your classification mm -hmm. on that? They are definitely cozy mysteries. And actually, I also wrote this book, Writing the Cozy Mystery, <laughs> Uh, because when handy, I yeah. yeah when I started writing them, there had been no definitive writing guide for the subgenre, uh, and I felt it would also lend respect for this genre that's often written by women, with mainly women readers, although men read them too. Yeah. Uh, but definitely, my books fit under the cozy umbrella. Yes, <laughs> I always think for for me, I think cozy is slightly harder for me. Because when I look on it, for me, it's, uh, when I do a murder, I've grown up with the British crime, um, sort of scene all around me. Mm -hmm. And it's very difficult to do it cozily. I think <laughs> I get, want to get really into the psychology of, of why somebody would snap and commit mm -hmm. these awful things. Um, and I like to kind of explore a 3D kind of world of that. So I think I always end up stepping outside that cozy, cozy line, if you know what I mean. Um, so it's lovely to actually speak to someone who does it and then sort of learn from you sort of where, where it is you draw the lines on these kinds of things. Well, it's very different looking at it from the viewpoint of the criminal and what made them go bad. Uh, yeah. it's, it's a different mindset than for cozies cozy readers are looking for something light and entertaining where nobody gets badly hurt uh, it has a happy ending there's an, in a way an element of fantasy in this because things in reality yeah. might not turn out this way but they are looking for a um, light entertaining read essentially yeah I, and I think because I, I sort of throw myself so far into the deep end of wanting sort of that level of understanding for both sides that's where i yeah. kind of go wrong in the whole no. not trying to <laughs> you know um but it's good because i think there's a lot of inspiration that you'll be giving to writers that are listening to this you know first time mm -hmm. writers or writers that has been doing this for a long time and they might be like oh right okay that's where i'm going wrong like so it might just be that little bit of insight that that these people um, are desperately, desperately searching for. So that's that's really good. Yeah, they can also include humor and romance. I might add. Uh, for yeah. for me, I don't like to read serious crime fiction because I watch the news and I find that scary enough. So I want to get away it from that when is I read. Certainly nowadays, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> certainly nowadays. Like I mean, watching the news nowadays is just. It's terrifying. Yeah. You think, wow, I'm bringing kids into this, and mm -hmm. especially with the amount of school shootings you guys yes, are having. Yes, and terrible. I can't imagine that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I, my hat's off to you for, mm -hmm. for writing that. I think it's incredible. Mm -hmm. And hopefully we can uh, get one of your books um, sent over and I can do a special review mm -hmm. spotlight for you. Sure. Um That'll be kind of fun for the for the listeners because I know a lot of readers mm -hmm. are kind of tuning in as well as writers. So it's uh, it's lovely to kind of be able to spotlight some amazing people. Mm -hmm. 
So kind of going into what you're reading, because this is like the thing that all writers love to hear because they're like, well, what do they read? Like, what is it that, you know, they like to curl up with? And I know that the readers are all the same, but um, they're kind of intimidated to ask us these questions. So it's good fun to kind of like get it out there. So what what's the book that you can safely say is stuck with you sort of the most recently that you've read? Well, I usually read about three different books at the same time, depending on which mood I'm in. And I'm uh, I like yep. genre fiction, essentially. So one thing I've been reading right. is a historical um, British naval adventure series. Sort of oh, like wow, Horatio that's... Hornblower. Um, oh, okay. I loved the Horatio Hornblower series, and it taught me that in a series, it's critically important for your main character to evolve. They need to grow and evolve, and this is why your readers keep coming back, because they want to see what happens to your protagonist. Uh, And the series I found, it's by Julian Stockwin. It's called The Kid, K-Y-D-D, Sea Adventures. It's very similar, Um, and I'm following that. There's a lot of books in the series, which is always fun to find. And I'm enjoying that one. I've also... Just read Kale to the Queen, K-A-L-E, which is a mystery that takes place with a chef who gets a job at Kensington Palace. (laughs) So this is fun. (laughs) There's uh, royalty mixed in, uh, palace intrigue, and it's a fun, cozy type mystery. I enjoyed that. And I'm reading Uh, a... When when you were speaking about the historical there, I actually Uh. had um, an historical author on yesterday. And I think you would really actually like uh, The Woman's War that she did. It was an incredible historical romance. She's actually sending it over to me. Ah. But it, it was really well done. I think you might enjoy that. And also the, I just got sent Switchboard Soldiers by Jennifer Chivani. And it looks incredible. It really does. They're quite big. Yeah. But... The historical side of things is very accurate. You know, it's a very good positive female perspective and it's very strong protagonists, uh, characters in there. And with you saying that you like humour, I got sent um, The Accidental Medium by Tracy Whitwell. And that was from the publisher. And it's got a great deal of humour because it starts off with she's just an ordinary woman who then realizes, oops, I'm a medium. Mm. The hell's a medium? Mm-hmm. Kind of that, that whole sort of uh, comedy of her trying to get answers out of her mother and her mother's being one of these, you know, tight-lipped um, individuals who doesn't want to give it away. So I think those three would mm-hmm. be perfect fit for you. Yeah, as, uh, they you sound know, from good. what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like historical romance, too. Uh, favorite oh, genre of mine. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever tried Catherine Cookson for historical romance? Name is familiar. I can't remember uh, at this point. She was a British dame uh, from England, and she was one of the Queen's favorite authors mm-hmm. to read before she passed away in mm-hmm. 1995. Ah. And uh, she wrote some of the most amazing uh, romances, but what was accurate about hers was it was written from the perspective of middle class and it was also she managed to have a great romantic series but she raised genuine issues Mm -hmm. 
that people were dealing with in those historical times. And because it was middle class, it wasn't, you know, the over the top, you know, a life is fantastic style books. It was genuine books that had real genuine people. Um, and she herself started off as a servant mm-hmm. in a house. And then she, you know, she didn't have an education. She was dyslexic, but she she wrote books as, as how she would speak. And uh, she went on to sell millions to oh. India. And she did really well in Australia. And, you know, she was a, a global sensation. Mm-hmm. Um, and she worked with Rosie Goodwin, uh, who actually finished a lot of her unfinished manuscripts. Um, but yeah, she's done some incredible stories like Tilly Trotter was a good one. And it's a perfect example for protagonists that actually continue to grow as the series goes on. Because you start, you see sort of Tilly is, is very naive and, and, and kind of taken advantage of. And then you see her as she progresses through her life until she reaches America. And then, you know, you see it changing there. Um, but I think you would love that. And I think you would probably really adored the round tower is a good one and um oh there's so many but she yeah if you look her up um mm-hmm. some of her best pieces are there and and they're truly some of them are sh- such a good short reading and some of them are a bit longer but yeah she's she's very fantastic just to just mm-hmm. to kind of cleanse your palate when you're writing Good to know. Yeah, she's she's really good for that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, do, do you actually tried some of this the, the sort of Scottish cozy reads? Have you have you looked into those yet? Uh, well, I uh, by American authors perhaps or British. It just depends on what I pick up. I know Tracy Hall writes yeah. a Scottish Shire mystery series. I've read her. Yeah, she does. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, I would recommend if you get a chance, Marzi Taylor does a cozy mystery series set uh, on a sailing boat. Hmm. And they sail around hmm. Shetland, and the lassie that becomes the captain of the boat, her and this man who's a detective, they end up solving these crimes that hmm. keeps happening when she's <laughs> either at port or she's at sea, or, you hmm. know, her wife has no luck. Okay. Um, but. Yeah, I think I think you would really adore those. Those are some fast, okay. fantastic uh, recommendations Good. for you. So, if you had infinite time to sit and read and really sort of enjoy books, mm-hmm. uh, what author and what series would you read? Now, I'll, just to clarify, the author for the series and the author you get to read have to be two different people. Author for the series. How is that? Uh, I don't know. I'm reading a science fiction series now uh, that I picked oh, wow. up. So uh, that's great. Yeah. What, what made you pick up science fiction? I'm I'm very curious. <laughs> I'm a Star Trek fan and Star Wars ah, and Stargate. Okay. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So yeah. I also read science fiction. I read some fantasy. I read some YA. Yeah, that's why I like oh, I love all genre fiction. Too, yeah. <laughs> Have you dived into the uh, Sarah J. Mass uh, Court of Thorns and Roses series yet? No, not familiar with that. It it is a, a brilliant series where she's sort of taken um, fairy tales from oh. sort of like I think the first one was Beauty and the Beast, and she kind of rewrote it. And there's elves and pixies and courts, and every court's a different season. And 
she uh, she's just searching for love and, and a way to survive and then she gets forced into this world where she doesn't really want to be. Um, but it is a cracking series. It's, hmm. it's very light in areas. You've got a really heavy romance element. Um, and yes, it's been a, it's, it's a mm-hmm. very fantastic series. They are quite long. Yeah. I will, I will say that they are quite long, but they're worth it mm-hmm. because you, you just sort of get so drawn in and hooked that you're like, Oh wow. Well, I actually wrote so, eight science fiction romances in addition to my mysteries. Oh so. wow. Yeah. How did you get on with that? How did you how did you find that? That's how I got my start as a published author, actually. Um, I had cool. written several practice books that were essentially romantic suspense. And then a critique partner who knew I liked Star Trek and read romance said, why don't I combine them both? And I did, and that's the first book that sold. Uh, it also won wow. the Holt Medallion Award, so I went on to write more in that genre. That is genre. incredible, yeah. yeah. I, I've just actually sort of dipped my toe into um, science fiction YA. Mm-hmm. And, but mine's is more biological sci-fi. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like fighting uh, and sort of a biological weapon. And this poor teenage girl is the key to solving it. Mm-hmm. And, of course, she's got all this angst about being a teenage girl who needs to save her village. Mm-hmm. And, and she ends up falling for the boy that's uh-huh. there and... It's, it's a great series. It, I think it will be a great series when I finish it. I just, I have found balancing, I would say, the science fiction elements and the romance quite difficult. Um, but I, I like a challenge. Yeah. I like to do different things. I'm one of these um, authors that believes, you know, don't write just one genre. Dip your toe in as many as you like. You know, experience everything there is to experience out there. Yeah. Um, because Virginia Woolf was right, you know, um... No, it wasn't Virginia Woolf. It was uh, the writer of um, Ursula, who did the hit series, the original hit science fiction series. Mm-hmm. And um, she said, you know, we're all we're all responsible for holding mm-hmm. the mirror up to the world through our work. And uh, if we don't raise our voices and speak out about things, then nothing will change. Yeah. And I thought that was so poetic mm-hmm. and such a good thing to have uh, in your mind as a writer sure. it's not just about what stories you enjoy but it's about what you can add to the mm-hmm. world of books and the world of that the readers are entering into and how to get mm-hmm. more readers in so that we can keep changing the world yeah. um, through our pens you know pen mm-hmm. is always right. mightier than the, the sword that is so yeah true. I, I, I yeah i think that's great and i love the fact that you've done that um have you tried the Jay Kristoff uh, science fiction series? No. Oh no. Okay. He's he's apparently really good. I have yeah. not tried him. I could not give you an honest opinion, but he did uh, illuminate, and it was a uh, illuminate Genesis and something else, and and apparently was very interesting. Well, honestly, uh, I can't remember s- books that I've read. I I review all of them on Goodreads. I do every book I read. Ah, okay. I review, so, so you can I. follow follow my books if you want to, and that, that's how I keep track of what I've read. We'll have to add each other on Goodreads <laughs> yeah. and compare notes. Yeah. <laughs> I love that because so many uh, writers don't don't put their reviews up on Goodreads. I think that's crazy because I think an example of we're reviewing books, then other people will. 
Yes. And I think a writers almost have to lead by a e example on that. Um, and I yeah. think that kind of gets lost in the mix a bit. So I am amazed that I've met somebody else that does it. I've kind of felt a bit alone on oh, that. No. Reviews are so, so important. So very important. Yeah, and I, and I, sometimes I think readers need to be educated about them, that it doesn't have to be any yeah. formal thing that you write. It's just what you like about a book. And it, and it means a great deal yeah, to exactly. the authors. It does. And I... One of the questions I ask on the show is is so that we can undo a lot of the bad habits of people who maybe have had a bad day or, or, or been in a bad place and they go and put a bad review up. Mm -hmm. um, so I kind of mm. use the show to, to teach people how Good. to maybe say this book wasn't for me mm -hmm. or whatever um, by our answers, you know. So that's that's coming up. But do you have a series in mind that... Um, that you would love to read if you had infinite time? And, and is there an author you'd like to explore if you had the time to? No, because actually I, I do read what I want. I might want to reread a series I've read before, and I don't have time to do that because there's so many good new things coming out. Uh, exactly. There's just never enough time exactly. to read everything that you would like. There isn't. So. You know, and, and it's funny you say that because I'm sitting here before mm -hmm. you came on, uh, and I'm doing a review for uh -huh. The Suspect, and it's an art uh -huh. for Louise Candlish, which is a, a book I'm, I'm holding up so that um, Nancy can see it. And it's not got a cover yet, and it's so far, it's very interesting. She actually had a TV series called The House and The Other Passenger, um, which was made. And it's very thrillery, very mm -hmm. suspensey. Um, and I just love it. I think it's so far. I'm I'm loving it. It's no one is wrong place, wrong time, wrong man. So that's all that I was sort of given uh, before diving mm. into it. Um, but I love that because we don't really have time for mm -hmm. reading if you're if you're really oh. sort of trying to to schedule your time as an author. It can be can be quite hard. So what is there an author past and present who's influenced, inspired, and made you excited about books, and you get an author for each one. Uh, well, I mentioned the Horatio Hornblower series, and yes. um, I forgot what I was just, oh, Jill Churchill. She's the cozy mystery author who got me hooked onto cozy mysteries. She had very funny titles, and that attracted me to her books and the whole genre. Yeah. So, um, I'm grateful to Jill Churchill for getting me started on Cozy Mysteries. And course, otherwise, yeah. uh, I can't name anybody in particular. I did start out naturally. Nancy Drew, Cherry Ames, Judy Bolton got me my love of mysteries. And then I went on to course, Victoria yeah. Holt and uh, Mary Stewart and that whole romantic suspense genre. So it's a progression. I liked Barbara Cartland at one point in time for the Regency romances. See, it's all across the board uh, what I've liked. And so have you tried the Bridgerton series yet? Or? Bridgerton? I've seen yeah, them. Bridgerton. I've seen the TV movies. I haven't read them. I do enjoy the TV Apparently show. Apparently it's really good. I'm a Downton yeah, Abbey I like fan. I like any of that. <laughs> the historical period yeah. thing. Yes. I love period mm -hmm. too. Um, yeah, it's it's really awesome, and especially if you've got Amazon Prime right now, you can watch so many of the originals. It's it's really good. 
So what genre do you feel drawn to when you go to the bookshop or the bookstore? Is there one Pacific that you're like, oh, I've got to go there, I've got to check it out? I do check out the mystery shelves, naturally, to see what's being bought and what's current. So I, uh, the cozy mysteries, yeah. I think we all check yeah. the markets, yeah. Uh, I might look at the yeah. YA fantasy sci-fi to see if there's anything new and different that looks exciting. Um, I, and there is so much stuff coming out mm-hmm. in YA now. It's it's become such a popular genre. It's it's really, you never know quite what gems is hidden That's in right. there when you're looking at it. So this is the question I was talking about earlier about trying to undo a lot of the bad habits of reviewers. So is there a book that you wish you'd never read, like you'd wish you'd never picked up and started? There really isn't, because if I encounter a book like that, I won't finish it, and I will not write a review. Right. I, n- I never write bad reviews. Uh, if if yeah. it's so bad, I just don't write one. Or I try to find something yeah. redeeming about it that I can say good things about. Because it does not help to trash yeah. an author. I mean, I don't see the point in that. It doesn't. It's hurtful. Uh, if you don't have anything good to say, don't say it. <laughs> this is my my Old policy. attitude, yeah, that mm-hmm. we're all, yeah, we all need to learn, yeah. And I think it's good to talk about it because I think all of us at some point have gone on to look at our, our work and there'll be a... Uh, you know, did not finish, don't try it, lags yeah. too much. Like, there's never anything positive. And you kind of almost feel like, well, why am I doing this? Because nobody likes mm-hmm. it. And and you get a lot of people that will only write positive reviews for, you know, mainstream published mm-hmm. authors. Even if the book is mm-hmm. awful, they'll only write mm-hmm. those kinds of reviews for people who are mainstream. And I, I just think it's such a bad habit to yeah. to have, and uh, I'm glad that we're mm-hmm. tackling it by by offering up the what we mm-hmm. do when we're sure. in those situations. So moving into your writing portion of the podcast, how do you go about creating the darker characters and elements uh, that you have in your story? Well, everybody has a dark side. It's do you give into it or not, and uh, how far would mm-hmm. you go to protect somebody? Um, it, it's deals with character motivation the villain in particular motivation um yeah there's always a personal motive involved in a cozy mystery we don't deal with serial serial killers drug dealers international conspiracies Uh, a cozy mystery has a villain who has a personal reason for getting rid of the victim Uh, and then there's a tangle of interpersonal relationships among all the suspects it doesn't go dark, dark, dark in the type of mysteries I read or I write because that would be scary and too much like the news. Uh, uh, if I want that stuff, I'll watch television and, and the news. True. I think that's such a good answer because, you know, if it, dep- it all depends on what you're writing, I think. And I think people don't really necessarily pick that up right away. But... Um, you kind of go as far as the genre that you're writing in. You know, never try and push it too far if you're doing a certain one. What inspired you to enter the genre with your writing voice that you did? Well, I like uh, to read humor and the romantic subplot in the books that I read, and that's what I try to put into my stories as well. Light, entertaining, 
give you an escape for a few hours. Uh, that's what I aim to do, and I feel it's helpful to people. That's like my purpose. Yeah. I mean, everybody needs to escape. Really so, <laughs> and I know when I pick yeah, up a book that I love, I just don't want to put it down and want to read the sequel, and that's the feeling that I hope to give readers too. Yeah, of course. So is your book, like when you're writing your books, is it a movie experience you have, or is it a little bit like a jigsaw puzzle where you're like, oh, okay, this piece needs to go there and this needs to go there? Well, writing a whodunit, it's very definitely a jigsaw puzzle. Uh, I will start yes, out, I'll know who the victim is, and then I'll determine who all the suspects are. So therein comes the puzzle. How do they fit together? What do they know about each other? How are they interrelated? Uh, which one of them is the killer? Because they could all have a motive, and I might not know that right right away. So it's it's finding the pieces and putting it all together. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the it's the difficult part, I think. So, which character would you say has stayed with you the most or the longest? Well, it has to be Marla, my hairstylist, Luz, because I'm into book eighteen right now. And, uh, wow. yeah, so she's my inner voice, I guess you could say. Uh, she's been with me a long time. All the other secondary characters are like friends. And I'll go through snatches of dialogue in my head when my, my husband's driving along the road and I'm thinking of my characters. Uh, so, yeah, they... <laughs> yeah, I think we all do that uh -huh. now, yeah. Yeah. Um, is there a series you're dying to write? I have another one that I started. The book is complete, but it needs revising. So if I can get back to that and oh. fix it to where I'm satisfied, there is uh, that one. Yes. Possibly. Hmm, okay. Mm -hmm. That's the, is there a standalone that you're dying to write? No. I, I'm really into series at this point, although any of the other books could become a standalone if it doesn't become a series. Uh, but yeah, but readers, yeah. readers, I find like series, and and um, it's easier to write once you do the first book, because then you're jumping into the same. Yeah, setting. it is. I'm... So. Yeah, mm -hmm. it is. It's it's like putting on a pair of comfy pajamas mm -hmm. almost. Yeah. What techniques have you found helpful, and other ones you wish you hadn't tried? techniques. Uh, pretty much I, I write in Word. I'm not going to try Scrivener that a lot of other writers recommend because uh, just writing in Word mm -hmm. and keeping my own files and stuff works for me. I think the techniques more applies to marketing. That's the harder aspect of the writing business and you never really know what works. <laughs> you just try a lot of different things and you can tell maybe if your sales figures go up or you get requests for interviews like this one um, that something's working out there. But that that's a tougher one in terms of technique. Yeah. So moving into your real life and, and sort of getting to know you as, as Nancy, what's the first thing that you do when you want to de-stress from editing and writing? Read a good book. <laughs> There's no, no doubt about that one. Uh, yeah, I will read. I have to read every night before I go to sleep. That's a, that's a given to get my mind into that relaxed yes. uh, <clears throat> other world, other worldly state. 
or I'll watch TV movies. And uh, right now I'm into the Hallmark Channel, the Christmas movies I like. They're happy, they're light, happy ending. Uh, and Disney, yeah, um, we're Disney fans. So fortunately, we live in the Orlando area. We have Disney passes and can go, go to Disney World whenever. Uh, so those are fun things. Yeah. Of course, yeah, and that's, that's a really good thing to be able to have is to kind of go into that world and escape for a while and just, just relax. What hobbies do you enjoy and are there ones you wish you could explore? Uh, other than reading and writing, I like cooking. And uh, actually, I put together all my family recipes into a bad hair day cookbook <laughs> because I figure it's something I can pass on to my kids. And yet I gave it a twist yeah. and wrote it from Marla's viewpoint. So it has my sleuth anecdotes and comments in there and some excerpts from oh, the stories. Cool. But it is uh, all my family recipes. I like to experiment. I've taken cooking classes and I'm hosting Thanksgiving this year. So uh, food, I like eating out. Put it, Putting it to good use. Yeah, yeah, we like dining out a lot and trying new restaurants. So that's a big hobby. And Going to Disney, uh, watching movies, the usual. <laughs> so do you like crafts? And do you find crafts is a good way for clearing your mind and allowing you to sort of hit the reset button? I do not have a craft bone in my body. <laughs> so I'm totally oh, untalented okay. that way. No. <laughs> and I don't have the patience. Oh, well. <laughs> I don't have the patience. I do... I do use crafts to kind of uh, clear the tubes a bit because I find, you know, if you're stepping away and you're, you're, you're cross-stitching or you're knitting or you're doing mm -hmm. something like that, you're forcing your brain to, to leave the problem sure. alone, but your subconscious works on it mm -hmm. instead. And your subconscious can sometimes figure out what you've done wrong mm -hmm. or, or where to kind of go next if, you, if you're hitting such a block, mm -hmm. um, especially if the notes aren't working. Uh, I, I do find it, I, it helps. So I myself have a long-term illness that makes me slow down and appreciate the day. What makes you sort of slow down and smell the roses and, and just remind yourself of what a beautiful world it can be? Family. Uh, being with my family. And we're fortunate to have a, a grandson now, uh, which is why we moved to this area, actually. We lived in the Fort Lauderdale area in Florida for 40 years. All right. And we moved to yeah. Orlando to be near our kids. I, we have two children, yeah. and uh, my husband and I will be married 46 years next month. And our, our grandson, wow. so family is what keeps me grounded. Uh, they're the priority, um, and yeah. Yeah, of course. Well, that, that's such a wonderful answer, because I think that in this day and age, we get so focused on careers and goals and milestones and achieving all this sort of stuff that we kind of forget that we're part of a family and family's important and we need to do that support network to keep it together and to keep things worthwhile and worth right. doing. So where's your favorite place to curl up during the day? Is it Do you like the garden or are you a cafe girl or do you have a reader's note? Where do you like to The go? living room sofa has my name on it. <laughs> I love to curl up there. It's it's a great reading spot. 
and uh, of course, once I get on the couch, I don't want to yeah. get up. Uh, I I do. At that thing, we're all like that. Now. <laughs> either yeah. either with a book or my iPad, um, or the Kindle, because I use those yeah. devices interchangeably. And uh, yeah. I like print books. I like e-books. I like both. Um, so that's that's the place. So now we're on to the final part of the podcast, which everybody uh, gets excited about. We're going to play the word game, which is when the first word that co- like the first book that comes into your mind when you hear the word is uh, what we're going to do here. So your first word is iced buns. That reminds me of Trim to Death, which is one of the books I wrote. I have to say because it has it has food yeah. on the cover and desserts, and Marla enters a Bake Off contest. So it has to do with with sweets and that one comes to mind oh cool what about chocolate same cake? thing same, same book um what about booths you know the diner booths that you would get with the big leather chairs and um there's a lot of culinary mysteries that i read that deal with food i can't give you one offhand you'd have to look on my goodreads yeah. list because yeah. i i read a lot of them but that's a favorite subgenre well, of mine. Good. The cozy culinary. What about what about fruit scone? Scones. Uh, ah. Well, that would be Easter hare hunt. And East, oh, okay. this book I have. Uh, oh, where is it? I'll show you because this one is mine again. This one takes place at a uh, manor house during a uh, Easter hunt, and there is a formal lunch involved. Yes. Uh, so it brings to mind tea and scones and, and that kind of uh, setting. Which... Okay, what about tea? Tea is in so many books. Uh... I know, it's great, because you could have Bridgerton, or you could have... Um, I always think of the Malin Street or Round Tower because they're always like t- doing all the bad stuff over cups of tea. It's kind of like a, a British tradition. I think tea and coffee, so many scenes in all books take place in, over tea or in a coffee shop. Uh, I can't name anyone in particular for that. It's very broad. What about teacups? Teacups, uh, I collect teacups, which started with my mother, uh, the uh, bone china teacups, which I like. Um, Again, particular book doesn't come, I can't can't name anything in particular. It's fine, it's fine. Um, For me, like teacups, I always think of like um, The Moth, which was done by Catherine Cookson, and it was such a kind of scary... um, there's a scariness to it. It was like a spooky kind of feel to that story. And, you know, you got the, the sense of the rich had teacups mm. and the poor had these broken mm. chipped cups that they used. So it was quite a, a difference in society. And you could tell just by whether they were drinking mm-hmm. tea or whether, or whether they were sucking out of a mm. metal tin cup, that kind of thing. What about coffee? What does would you think when you think of coffee? That would be, I hate to mention my books all the time, but see the coffee cup. Perm to death, 
Marla's client dies after drinking a pop, cup of poison coffee. So, uh, yeah. Oh, uh, okay. And Marla's well, a, a coffee one. fan. Yeah. What about... What about tiny sandwiches? You know, like the little tiny sandwiches you get high tea. Uh, I can't think of any particular one for that either. I always think Bridgerton. Oh, well, because any of the period. The, the Queen knows yeah. is having. Or any, any of the historical yeah, romances that I read have all of this in them. Mm -hmm. Beautiful things, yeah. Last but not least, fairy cakes. Uh, that brings to mind fantasy novels. Um, it does, <laughs> it does, or yeah. the dainty petty four type of cakes what are fairy cakes actually yeah they are they're oh. like cute little cakes yeah well that is our podcast for today it has been an absolute pleasure having Nancy on and we hope that when she has a new release coming out that she will reach out and we can have her on to discuss the book in very close detail but for now, we're going to leave you and you're going to want to check back next week because we have even more awesome guests in the lineup that you're not going to want to miss. Thank you so much.